34,000. That's the record high that the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit this week. Stock markets are trading at all-time highs in the U.S. and around the world. Pandemic? What pandemic? That's what stock investors are saying. But as portfolios grow for well-heeled investors, are average consumers being left behind? In this edition of Commerce Code, fintechs brings stock investing to the masses. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on April 16th. This is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Standard Poor's 500 stock indices both hit all-time highs this week. If you're a stock investor, you are doing pretty well. A big part of what is driving stock market sentiment is a huge surge in consumer confidence and retail spending. Consumer spending reports published this week show that retail spending was up 9.8% in the month of March. The curious thing is, all those consumers who are spending more, well, they're not directly benefiting from the huge increase in stock prices that their own spending actually created. That's because many average consumers don't own stock in the companies they buy their goods and services from. Well, an enterprising group of fintech companies is out to change all that. They want to tackle wealth inequality by enabling the average consumer to share in the upside of stock ownership of the retailers that they buy from. On the show today, we have one of those companies called, appropriately enough, Bits of Stock. The founder and CEO is Arash Asadi. We talk with him about the stock market, fintechs, and tackling wealth inequality. Hey, good morning, Arash. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great here in San Francisco today. How about yourself? Where are you based? I'm actually based here in Amsterdam. We have some interesting weather this month in April. It's snowing and sunny every few minutes here. But uh, other than that, doing really well. Snow in April. That is quite different weather than we have here in San Francisco. But Netherlands is one of the most beautiful places when it comes to uh, flowers. And so that precipitation, whether it be snow or rain, is going to produce some beautiful flower fields in the Dutch countryside. Now, a question I have for you, as you develop bits of stock as an app, you kind of had the choice to do either cash back or to reward consumers with fractional stocks. What's the difference between the two and why did you guys end up landing on stock and bits of stock as a better way to reward consumers? It's a good question. And by the way, it's great to see so much more participation in the stock market. You know, we used to say 80% of the global population under the age of 34 doesn't own any long-term wealth. But that number has sure changed this year with, with everything that's happened. And really that goes to why we chose stock rewards as a rewards currency. Our vision as a company is we really believe in this ownership economy. And what we're trying to do is solve this problem of wealth inequality, especially with younger generations. In the United States alone, for the first time in history, younger generations are not better off than their parents economically when they were the same age. And so stock rewards 
governments really address this problem by getting 18 to 24 year olds to actually own their first piece of stock that they've never owned before, to learn about stocks for the first time, and to get a hands-on feeling for what it means to become an owner of a company. So from a consumer perspective, stock rewards are much more exciting. There's a lot of activism. So if I'm a shareholder in a company, what better way to signal the values of that company than actually being an owner in the values of the company? And we see that as a trend with younger generations. But then you also have for a stock rewards, potential appreciation of the stocks themselves. So if you compare it to cash back, the stock rewards that you get as a consumer can go up in value, but then some of these stocks also pay dividends. Now on the brand side as well, really there's two types of reasons for brands to engage with stock rewards. You have financial incentives. So there's a lot of data now that show when you give stock rewards to your consumers, the impact is, is, is significant. Average weekly spend increase up to 40%, but also we can show now with our historical data, stock rewards can increase basket size from 20 to 40%, increase in frequency of spend. People will drive a mile longer to go to your grocery store or gas station. But then there's also the emotional side, and that's where you really can't necessarily put a number to it because you develop such a strong emotional and cognitive bond between a brand and your customers when you turn them into owners of that company. And that emotional bond can last a lifetime. You know, rewarding your customers and stocks is a really strong way to build a community. Really interesting to see the different themes that you're winding together in a really innovative business model, this theme around commerce with a conscience, addressing wealth inequality between generations, and also this theme around you know enabling younger generations to really use their spending for a greater social purpose. Bits of Stock has an amazing name, and you can kind of tell what your company does just by the name, but tell me a little bit more about how Bits of Stock works from a consumer perspective. Bits of Stock, as you said, the name kind of says it all. We're a consumer rewards platform that drives loyalty through stock ownership. And, and, and really, it's these bits of stock or fractional shares of stock that becomes a rewards currency. So consumers can download our mobile app on the Apple App Store and Play Store as well. And when they do, they can link their bank accounts and opt into our rewards program, which means as you shop, you automatically get free stock rewards or these bits of stock fractional shares from the brands that participate in the program. For the consumer, it's a very frictionless and automated experience. And these rewards are actual shares, fractional shares of the companies that most consumers love to shop with. They're private as well as publicly listed companies. There's a lot of affinity towards private companies, and we want to enable customers to get ownership in those companies as well. So we're a stock rewards platform. Um, We are the stock rewards app, and we help customers get stock rewards as they shop. Really exciting because you really bring together two big fintech trends that are really hot right now. You know, one is sort of cashback offers, lots of platforms adding cashback capabilities. So that's one trend. The second trend is just stock trading. I mean, everyone's been hearing about the dramatic and super successful rise of apps like Robinhood, and you actually combine both of those things in one app. Now, there is a difference in terms of the percentage of consumers that participate in the stock market country by country. So for example, in the U.S. It has one of the highest stock ownership rates in the world. I think roughly 50% of U.S. households own stock either directly or indirectly through mutual funds. But in other parts of the world, it's really different. It's much lower. So for example, in the European Union, it's lower. And in developing markets, particularly in Africa, Latin America, and Asia, the numbers are lower as well. How do you think about internationalizing bits of stock? Because you're headquartered in Europe. What are you thinking about in terms of the U.S. markets and other markets around the world? How will you roll it out? 
when you compare participation in stock markets across different markets, you'll see pretty large differences. And we sometimes take that for granted in the United States. We're much more accustomed to investing than, than other cultures. Whereas we're in the European Union, especially in the Netherlands, that's not there. And part of that is also this concept of fractional share. So fractionalizing ownership really allows this democratization of ownership at the same time. So traditional stocks that were a few thousand dollars a share are now affordable to anyone who can invest $5, $1, even a penny into stocks. And that fractionalization model, which is at the core of what we do at Bits of Stock, that has not been necessarily accessible to other markets. That trend is starting to reverse, but it's still very new. If you look at the EU, for example, you have zero providers of fractional shares of EU publicly listed companies. Introducing fractionalized shares into markets where this concept is not really proven or doesn't even exist can really move the needle there for us. So as we look at the Netherlands and also the rest of the EU, we're really excited to introduce Bits of Stock to the Netherlands. We're currently working with one of the largest retailers here that has over 400 stores. It's a private retailer, so their customers can get shares of a private company as they shop with them. And we're building out the infrastructure and everything around fractional shares in the EU to release at the end of this summer. And so we'll be one of the very few and first players in fractional shares of EU publicly listed companies. And that's really going to make an impact, we think, on investor participation in those markets. Let's talk a little bit about the difference in how you work with private versus public companies. One trend that hasn't been covered very much is the fact that there are fewer and fewer in terms of number of publicly traded companies that are small companies. A lot of those companies have gone private. Now, there's a little bit of change that's happening now because of the whole SPAC phenomenon. We're seeing a little bit of a spurt here in private companies going public. But in general, the total number of private companies has increased as companies delist or get acquired by larger public companies. But one of the interesting things you do is you actually enable consumers to also get shares in private companies. Tell me how that works. It's quite fascinating. I mean, the regulatory landscape is a bit different in Europe compared to the United States. In Europe, for example, since the rules are different, we're able to work with private companies to essentially set aside a pool of shares directly from their cap table. And those shares are managed by our technology. So we built a stock rewards API that any brand can use for a custom-based stock-based loyalty program. That means you can reward your customers with public stocks or private stocks for any triggers that you want to set yourself. Now, private shares are obviously a bit different than publicly listed shares, whereas the change in value is not the same as public shares. It's determined by the company over periodic moments in time. But you can get very creative here because you can also set not just dividend rights, but voting rights, participation rights, many different things in terms that come with the shares that can also increase the consumer participation and activism. We're looking at one of the first partnerships in the United States this year as well, where a private company can do that to offer private shares of their own company directly to consumers in a loyalty program. And what you've seen here in the past are trends around crowdfunding. So companies have typically been able to raise money from the crowd by offering shares directly in their own company, but that is an actual investment. And so the regulatory landscape has changed where now smaller companies can do smaller offerings. There's exemptions like such as Reg CF. And this is allowing companies to raise money directly from private investors, private companies from private investors much more easily. And there's no reason why the next step or the evolution of that can't be a loyalty program where those shares are also distributed to consumers for shopping with that brand or for engaging or for being loyal to that brand. Now, Arash, as you look out to the future and the balance of 2021 and years beyond, do you think this movement to providing stock rewards to consumers, do you think this is a fad or do you think this is something that's here to stay? What is the trend that you're seeing as you look out to the balance of 2021 and beyond? Because there are other companies that are doing these programs. You know, Bumped is another company that we've had on the podcast previously. But do you think this is something that's here to stay and is it going to grow and is it going to be sort of a new permanent feature of the rewards landscape. 
No, well, of course, my opinion that this is something that's here to stay and it should, you know, there's sometimes a disconnect between the short-term gains of brands and, and the long-term customer appreciation of their consumers. And this can be a really good way to reverse that trend. And for us, as we build out this ownership economy with more participants, Bump is a great brand. And I'm sure we'll see more and more companies trying to offer these services. We think this is going to stay. Points and cashback can be programs that are offered in, in addition to stock rewards, but the demand is there and it's with the younger generations. So I think as we educate younger generations about stocks. And really, they will be the first generation introduced to stock rewards. The lifetime value of these generations will be around stock rewards as they go up the value chain. So for us, I don't see this as a fad. And I think, you know, stocks, especially in the US culture, stocks have always been around and aren't going anywhere. It doesn't matter if there's crypto or other investments. So hopefully when we have this discussion in a few years, there'll be a lot more stock rewards, a lot more brands giving stock rewards to their customers. And this will be a very mainstream topic. Thank you, Arash. And we'll definitely have you back on the show before a couple of years from now. But I really appreciate your insights today. Thank you very much for sharing this exciting new segment of digital commerce, which is stock-based fractional rewards. Thank you for having me on the podcast. That's Arash Asadi, the CEO and founder of Bits of Stock, talking to us from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on fintech and wealth inequality. Any of you that followed the recent GameStop stock price short squeeze drama realize that wealth inequality is no longer just a theoretical problem. It's actually a real practical problem for stock markets around the world. Technology has made the educated and well-capitalized more wealthy than ever before. And average consumers want to participate in that wealth creation too. Now a new crop of companies is looking to use that same technology that enabled the privileged to be so successful. Well, they want to use that new technology for a new audience. Fintechs like our guest today want to use fintech to bring wealth to the masses. It's an admirable goal. And if these companies are successful, it could very well help our societies become much more balanced and much more equitable. You could call that the new age of commerce with a conscience. If you want to learn more about the latest trends in fintech and commerce with a conscience, check out our website at www.digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off.